0: You are listening to the 3CR podcast of In Psychedelia, oh. in Psychedelia is broadcast live every Sunday from 2pm. For more information, head to 3cr.org.au.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to in Psychedelia on your Sunday afternoon. And uh, on the program this afternoon, a lot of things coming up. There's, uh, it's, it's, the, it's sort of a big weekend. Not this weekend, but next weekend. Uh, not just in terms of... Um, the uh, what's what's the big thing that all those people celebrate? Easter Bunny. That's the one. Yeah, um, Easter Bunny turning up and leaving chocolates for children. I, I believe that's the uh, that's the the famous celebration that everybody's into. But uh, uh, next weekend, April nineteenth is uh, Bicycle Day, the celebration of the anniversary of the first intentional use of LSD uh, by Albert Hoffman in nineteen forty three, and also the following day, April twentieth. Uh, which is April the 4th month of the year. 20th day of April is 4.20, um, although our date convention usually has it round the other way. It's 24 for us because we got it smallest to largest things but we go by the american convention because they uh, i don't know they, they led the way in this area so we're going to be talking a little bit about that with matt riley from the free cannabis community uh who has been running um cannabis picnics now for quite some time in fact he's sitting in the studio uh with me uh matt uh welcome to in so i've just thrown you on the spot Hi,
2: Nick, how are you? <laughs> i'm good
1: how are you <laughs> How, how long has it been now? I'm just trying to think. Like uh, as long as I've known you, you've been running those uh, the, the picnics.
2: It was uh, well, the first event was the eve of the Victorian state election in 2010.
1: 2010, so it's so, nearly 10 years. Yeah, yeah, getting
2: there. Although that was it was later in the year 2010, so you know we yeah. didn't really start April. Yeah. Okay. Not, it not September quite. September or is October 20. or something that I got going in 2010. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, but it's been a, a long time coming, and and um, uh, a long. I mean, it's been an interesting decade. I, I can't believe we're nearly at the end of this decade. That's kind of bugging me out a little bit. I keep speaking to people and going, "Oh yeah, back in 2013." I'm like, God.
2: We're I getting f- old, Nick.
1: That was five years ago. I think I am getting old. I'm starting to see the greys and I don't starting know. Starting to see greys. Start- Lucky <laughs> Like you. <laughs> uh, hey, no, you've you got the silver fox thing going I, I, on I can't way. even
2: claim salt and pepper anymore.
1: <laughs> so we're going to be um, talking with Matt a little bit later, um, more about the uh, upcoming uh, 420 rally. Um, also in the studio with me is regular Ash Blackwell. Ash, how are you going? Afternoon. I'm good. Um, how's uh, How's everything been for you this week? Yeah. Uh, any, anything exciting? been happening
3: oh, just just work mate nothing exciting at all nothing actually <laughs> the, the, i mean the, I've, I've been caught up my car's a little bit broken at the moment i gotta get it fixed this week but i've been caught up in the the transport chaos of the um oh, level gosh. crossing removal works yeah. which is fine i mean it's a great project it's gonna you know, it's, it's gonna improve things but like my commute has been up to five hours a day and so that's pretty much what i've been doing this week is just <laughs> commuting <laughs>
1: Yeah and and it all started off with um with a bang on Monday with um an issue unrelated to ours, but I was pretty interested in like the the tactics of the uh of what was going on there this is the uh, Dominion protest um which was uh in in anniversary to the release of uh, the movie Dominion uh which if you want to find out more about it Freedom of Species have spoken about it before which is the program that we were just uh, uh preceded by and you can find out more about Freedom of Species uh, at 3cr.org.au they have a lot of information uh, uh, they go beyond the sort of um, mainstream conversations that you might hear um about these sorts of things. And actually, if you are interested in these issues, we'll delve into these issues uh in a way that you can access, which is uh, a little bit little bit better than uh, sometimes the front page of the Herald Sun, so three Cr.org.au and follow the links to, to Freedom of Species. But yeah, that <laughs> that was your start for the week. Um Yeah, yeah. I think
3: I mean uh, the, I think I thought the protest, the vegan protest, was really well organised. They had a clear message. Um, they were they'd clearly planned it quite well. Mm. Um, I guess my take on it was just the timing maybe was a little bit unfortunate for them with with the transport disturbances already going on, and with the stuff around the Gippy Goat, goat Cafe that people in the community were maybe less supportive of. Um, yeah, maybe that was just unfortunate timing. But the protest itself in the city, I thought, was quite well organised. Like, you know, sure, some people got grumpy, but that's kind of what protest does, oh, right? That,
1: that was actually one of the things that most interested me about this um, this sort of stir-up, that they, they did protesting in a different way um, that has become the the sort of the norm the status quo in Melbourne at the moment protesting at the moment is done through, you you, you basically go and get a permit for it, you go and tell all the people Mm. the institutions that you might be protesting against, you say oh by the way we're going to do a protest let us, uh, and they go oh yeah okay well make sure you go here and at this time and you know get out of there by that time, oh yeah okay we'll do it this, and sorry how is that civilly disobedient, that is the definition of being obedient to the civil process (laughs) that is how you are civilly obedient Uh Um, so um, uh, in terms of that, kudos, guys. Well done. That was proper civil disobedience. Don't mm-hmm. tell them what you're doing. Don't get permission. Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> and, um, I mean, somewhat that's sort of how the uh, 420 picnics um, play out. You do get a little... You have conversations with the police uh, in order to sort of uh, uh, get away from any any of the obvious stuff Look, that could we, we, turn down. We
2: do everything we can do to avoid having anyone make complaints. Yes. But... We don't have permits or anything. No, so. exactly. You're not. You're not
1: going through a whole.
2: We're uh, supposed know, to have permits.
1: Yeah, they want you to jump through all the hoops to have yeah. a, a public event, but it's not. Yeah, not a, really a marker of civil disobedience, and um, yeah. that's what you sort of need to do if if your campaign, your idea, your ideal runs against what is meant to be the civic order, is is meant to be what, what the community expectations are. It's like Facebook, you're getting kicked off Facebook. Well, I mean, this has been happening in real life forever. There's an idea that the community expectations are meant to be reflected through the body politic, but is it? Is it really? I, I think what you often see is the, the, the ideas of the status quo reflected through the body politic. And um, this show, In Psychedelia, is a, a show... Sort of about that, about those interactions between that, the body politic, the broader society, the mainstream, the alternative stream, the, all the different streams, uh, and the altered states caused by uh, various plants, chemicals, usually chemicals that have been derived from plants or that people have got an idea to synthesize because they found a, a plant chemical... Um, and then, and then used, and these things have been used for, for thousands of years, tens of thousands of years by people, uh, by humans, across uh, all different societies in all different ways. And that's what we look to explore, the human issue of desiring altered states without defining our conversation by what's actually a relatively recent policy, uh, which is prohibition. It's not new, uh, not not that old. Um, it is relatively new. It's not new in terms of like, our lifespans, but uh, in terms of our grandparents and our great-grandparents. Our great-grandparents lived under a very different drug regulatory mm-hmm. scheme, even here in Victoria, um, where people could access all sorts of different substances under a completely different system. Um, so that's what we're here to explore today. This is psychedelia uh,
3: News. We're going to do some news. Uh, Maybe if we come to Nick Kent first, because I I think you've got to go, don't you? You can't Mm -hmm. stick around. So maybe if we have a bit of a chat with Nick and then go to the news this morning. Yeah, yeah, all right. Well, that's the
1: top of the news. The top of the news is, Nick, (laughs) you've you've returned um, from... Europe, yes. uh, from the uh, apparently beating heart of global democracy, which is contained in Europe. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. the United Nations uh, meetings yeah. uh, about drug policy, which is where global prohibition comes from. Mm-hmm. You were there mm-hmm. in Vienna.
4: That's uh, right. So the 62nd Commission on Narcotic Drugs, so it happens each year. Um, it's the UN's kind of main central forum thing where a bunch of government delegations and um, increasingly civil society organizations come together. It's mostly about what the government delegations decide, of course, and they basically come together to agree, to disagree on this vaguely defined thing that is called the world drug problem. Um, And um, basically they discuss and they debate and they pass resolutions and a whole bunch of things happen and a whole bunch of things don't happen. And, And the ways in which um, the perspectives of those who have lived experience of the world drug problem or the ways in which evidence is considered, the ways in which evidence is even produced at the commission and all, are all pretty questionable. Um, and the ways in which people who would have a different approach to how drugs should be managed in society are sidelined is really significant. Um, and um, yeah, that's kind of the general overview of what happens and why internationally drug policy reform moves at a really slow pace, because at the end of the day, it is all accountable to the substances and how they're scheduled within the conventions, um, and so that's um, something that's really problematic. Might be might be interesting just in terms of because we've got Matt Riley in the studio as well. Just uh, noting that um, one of the main discussion points this year was around cannabis rescheduling. Um, increasingly, it's part of the conversation, given especially how Canada has legalized at a federal level, which is really significant. Um, the U.S. still hasn't legalized at a federal level, and so because the states in the US aren't party to the international conventions it hasn't really come up at the UN yet that kind of sounds like a loophole to me totally yeah, yeah totally but um the states aren't sorry who who's are they sovereign Upon I, don't, I don't fully get how it works but that's why it's not relevant at the UN the because United the States US says, yeah, Congress okay. is the only one that signs the convention or whatever Magical in Australia. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it would technically yeah, yeah right. so um, Victoria yeah. can legalise cannabis well it wouldn't come up it wouldn't come up at the UN level if Victoria did you know? but of course it would because the federal government would make it so yeah. E- yeah. this is the weird it's, thing about these so, things it's so isn't it? weird yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like but basically because Canada did do it at the federal level and directly contravened the conventions that was a huge thing and obviously at the next commission or the one after new zealand will have had their referendum as well um and so there is a big conversation happening around how cannabis should or should not or would or could be rescheduled um and basically long story short they basically agreed to disagree and agreed to talk about it next year um so we're (laughs) gonna see cannabis rescheduling discussed either at the um what's it called it's uh, it's the intercessionals which, which occur in December Or at the next commission In March next year
1: mm, Like um, a, you need to be Working in the field or, or have a degree In the field Just to understand The structure Exactly Of the democracy yeah. not, not
4: even the engagement Or the issues just, I, just how it all fits together I mean I was there oh. I just full experienced it And there's a lot That I still don't understand You know It's going to it's gonna take Going there for a few years To actually fully get How it all fits together And I still won't even You know And that's mm. because there are And I, we actually talked about this We The youth organisations Took part in a side event so we had a panel discussion where we talked about uh the theme of it was actually leaving no one behind which is actually what the un sustainable development goals talk about (laughs) right (laughs) um and so we talked about how drug policies if we're talking about leaving people behind i mean international drug policy is kind of one of the main areas where that happens and we talked about how young people and like basically i just talked about the extent to to which like, I can't even talk about how much there are these structural barriers to people who actually have lived experience of this issue taking part in those conversations. I was going to say, it's, it's like an
1: it's, entire othering. Yeah. It's, an, it's a uh-huh. narrative that you don't even have to talk to the people that are directly affected by these policies because uh, they're the ones that we're trying to fix exactly. they're the broken humans. Exactly. Well, well, or, quote on, unquote, yeah.
4: prevent. Is prevent, what we're talking yeah, now. Prevent yeah, them the prevention from paradigm is. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah prevent the world drug problem whatever that means
1: yeah um, <laughs> well i i see yeah. a uh, a world now in which we have um the ability to do major surgery on people because of drugs uh, the ability to treat serious psychiatric conditions because of drugs the ability to do all sorts of magical things like i don't know um mm. well i mean these aren't psychoactive drugs but uh, uh immunizing people has certainly helped to drop the uh the the yearly toll of yeah. just all your kids dying you know, don't have to have a dozen children Anymore because most of them will survive, hopefully.
4: Yeah. You know, I mean, the. the, 100 years ago. Again, the powers that be are are never going to see it like that because there's a really clear. In their minds, and I think it's in the minds of the. People that run this whole show is that there's this really clear designation between what is an illicit drug and what is a good medicine, and it's really just whatever we decide, and yeah. that's kind of how it all goes, basically. And they don't see the so. For example, um, I mentioned in the pre-recording uh, well, the, the, well, <laughs> next week, next week uh, there will be a detailed <laughs> discussion of of, um, of how the commission you know worked and who has access and who doesn't. But I was actually staying in Vienna with some people from the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies and the extent to which that organisation is sidelined there and not given any voice whatsoever, either with the US delegation um, or the UN um, is really, really significant because they literally represent that that question of, well, hang on, what if these scheduled substances are actually really therapeutically beneficial for all the mental health crises that we're mm. seeing unfold in the world, you know? And what, if, what <laughs> if some of the things that are beneficial to humanity aren't written
1: down uh-huh. in what the United Nations book of Here's mm. How to Be a Human? Yeah, uh, because which those, is, because those, those books and question. conventions
4: were written in 1912 and 1961 yeah. and 1972, you know? So, like, the, the idea that what like what powerful white men in those eras thought was appropriate is going to reduce harm or maximize benefits in this day and age it's, it's fucking rid- it's incredibly ridiculous incredibly <laughs> ridiculous I feel your passion Nick yeah. and we are going to speak more about this as you alluded to we I will w- we will catch up next week totally I would just like to plug one thing um, so that's what's happening in the big broad bad international space but meanwhile we're, we're still building a youth-led you know grassroots movement in Australia and the main thing we're focusing on is pill testing reform we had six young people die over the summer and um... We've launched our campaign Be Heard Not Harmed over the summer. Um, we're running it massively at the moment, gaining pace in New South Wales and Victoria. We've been running some parties um, and we're now increasingly running workshops as well. We're going to be running them, I think, hopefully, t- together in future future. Um, and this coming Wednesday, you can check it out at beheardnotharmed.com for the details. We've got a drug policy activism workshop for anyone, particularly young people who want to come and get involved in our uh, Victorian campaign for contacting and getting noticed by a few particular MPs in the Victorian Parliament for Pill. Testing reform. So we've got some juicy plans there, and anyone interested in getting involved at the grassroots level should come. Because if I learn anything at the commission, it's that nothing's going to change until we have, um, a, you know, a strong and, 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 um, yeah, United Grassroots Movement for Drug mm. from. Yeah, Well, I
1: think that's where where real democracy is sort of rooted. It's mm-hmm. rooted in these things. And I see a lot of organisations, a lot of people who... I mean, AstroTurf is, is the term for it. I, w- I won't go on too much. But a lot of this... um, they, they know what looks good to other people. So, they try and recreate that without actually doing the hard work, which is... Mm, speaking to people, seeing if there's agreement, Mm. realising there's disagreement, going through the difficult process of working with people that might disagree with you. There are a lot of organisations, a lot of people out there who just throw money at the problem and go, hey, if we throw enough money at the problem, we can give the illusion. It's sort of like a magic trick. We give the illusion of looking like we're bigger than it is. And um, Mm. uh, actually on that, um, Mm. uh, maybe I... I don't know if I should mention it or not yet. Look, I will. I I (laughs) went along on... um, on Wednesday, there was an event. Tuesday, sorry, Tuesday, there was an event um, that I went to. went to It was a screening of a movie called Overdosed. Uh, this screening was put on by um, Truth About Drugs, the Truth About Drugs campaign from the Drug Free World. They've got the ambassadors. truth, guys. Yeah, they have the they have the truth. <laughs> it, look, it's a program by the Church of Scientology. There you go, so yeah. I was out at the uh, Church of Scientology in uh-huh. um, in Ascot Vale, wow. um, which is the old Australian Catholic University campus, and. Um, <gasps> And sat there and went through this and uh, it wasn't a great turnout for um, Josh and his team. And look, I've had, uh, to be fair, I ha- I've had ongoing chats with Josh, the man who ran this from Drug Free Ambassadors. Um, very nice man. Have a lot of disagreements with him uh, yeah. <laughs> and and his philosophy and his yeah. understanding of the drug issue. But it's interesting to understand his understanding of the drugs issue yeah, because it's exactly. not very yeah. good. Yeah. But these are the people that are part of the civil society discussions at the United Nations. Mm. This is a multi-million dollar campaign from the Church of Scientology to influence global drug policy in Mm. favour of prohibition, not just prohibition of illicit drugs, but also psychiatric medications Mm. as well. This is a group uh, that believe that any mind-altering... Uh, anything that you do to alter your mind outside of L. Ron Hubbard's specified instructions to alter people's minds or manipulate people's minds is my take on what they do um, is unacceptable. Mm. I don't know. I, to me, this what all of this sort of comes down to, and this is too big a discussion to have now. Is it's a there's a metaphysical battle going on. Yeah. Where yeah. people, are, people are trying to r- direct the evolution of humanity almost. It feels like they're going, no, there's some humans we want to survive and thrive and others whose ideas we want to die or be, you know, subjugated before our own. Yeah, At,
3: at um, some events that I've been to that are from the, uh, I guess, the, the Christian conservative uh, prohibition side of things, that is exactly how it's framed as a metaphysical battle, that drugs are a tool of the devil and their righteous kind of belief is that it's not that they're combating people or they're combating drugs, they are combating the devil. Yeah. And that's exactly how they interpret it. So it's not, you know, we're
4: not overstating it. I've heard these people say it in exactly those Mm. terms. And when you frame it like that, it really does sound like, um, yeah, that (laughs) because, you know, you can talk about all kinds of, things around this area and sometimes it can sound all really conspiracy theory-esque but it kind of is because there are those organizations who have those kind of powers who have inherited them from a century of a prohibitionist paradigm um that do honestly seem to feel like they are you know addressing this intrinsic evil that is human substance use um Mm. and as as we know as the evidence says as the evidence is only going to increasingly show it's a super super normal human behavior and it's something that should be yeah properly talked about and properly dealt with and those people are, I believe, obstacles to that happening. Yeah, I, I for
1: one, am an advocate of the uh, of the global metaphysical council, where we can start to uh, <laughs> start to discuss these issues in a sensible way, instead of having things like the Vatican and uh, whatever the Vatican of the Muslim world is, and the I don't know Israel and the global know, metaphysical I council. I love. Yeah, that. We're, <laughs> like, we're always we're always talking about these religious issues as if, as if like right. the the mm-hmm. assumptions that they make are real, and all of them have different assumptions, and all of them have got a different reality going on. So people blow each other up about it i'm gonna get on the rant uh, this is asano namasi N- N- this is some music for you <laughs> while we break this up and, and yeah. do something else for a moment this yeah, is in yeah, psychedelia yeah. on 3cr <laughs> <laughs>
4: Hi, this is Hugo, the poet. You're listening to 3CR, and by doing that, you're supporting community radio, an incredibly important institution in our
5: times. Don't have a million dollars, and still want to have a good education for your kid? Tune into the Dogs Program. We are the defenders of government schools. 12 p.m. on Saturdays here on 3CR, eight five five on the AM dial podcast, streaming live on 3cr.org.au and 3cr digital. We defend government schools because they need it. It
1: is in Psychedelia on 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM, 3CR <laughs> Digital, and 3CR.org.au. Uh, a bit later in the program, talking about uh, Bicycle Day, which is on uh, April 19th. Uh, but the day after, April 20th, is 420. Um, 420, April 20th, uh, It's a, for anybody that knows anything to do with cannabis culture, it's sort of a number that has come to be synchronous with cannabis culture. There's a lot of different myths and, uh, and, and sort of uh, reasons for why that number came to be out there, uh, and I'm sitting here with Matt Riley from Free Cannabis Community. Matt, uh, what's your take on where did this number come from?
2: Uh, well, I think the San Rafael myth is probably the one that's Most likely to be um, accurate, but it's just Christmas for stoners, basically. What was it, San Rafael? Oh, that was the students who met up at 4.20 after school to go in search of... Some uh, amazing pot crop somewhere.
1: Imagine that your your just your little high school thing becomes the the global uh, sort of call sign for a uh, community that's now made up of uh, tens of millions of people across the world. I suppose yep. perhaps hundreds, probably hundreds of millions. Yep. We do have seven billion people in the world. I suspect there's probably hundreds of millions of people that uh, enjoy cannabis in one way or another, even though um, it is still globally prohibited, apart from as we heard before, Canada, US, it's, it's, Uruguay.
2: It's kind of, uh, I guess it's a result of Prohibition 420 uh, meaning let's get together and have a smoke. Um, And, you know, Prohibition meaning no, you're not going to get together and have a smoke. So, uh, you know, as Prohibition has been enforced around the world, the the counterculture has uh, responded. Mm, And Uh,
1: cannabis counterculture is probably... um, uh I mean, it's been the driving force of a lot of alternative culture or behind a lot of alternative culture since for a long time, especially since the late 50s and, and the 1960s. There were other substances involved there, but cannabis was always there. Reliable cannabis sitting there in the background.
2: Amazing what creative thinking can do, hey?
1: Mm, it is, <laughs> indeed. And the free cannabis community has been going on for about four or five years now? Uh, something okay. like that.
2: We... we I guess we sort of started our first uh, 420 event in in 2010, um, and it's uh, sort of progressed along, and you know, in various forms over the years. But but the uh, the 420 gatherings have been the, the the staple, I guess that that's been consistent the whole time.
1: And you've had a, I mean, what's always intrigued me about this movement that you've been um, driving a lot of the time uh is your approach is quite different to a lot of the other approaches that we've seen not just in in the in the drug policy and law activist space but also in in other activist space in that you're specifically uh framing this event as not a protest it's not a protest it's not a rally even though, in a kind of way, in the back of people's head, the the very act itself is a protest because yeah. of prohibition. Yeah. But you are trying to um, make something clear about this community, and that's what's really interested me. And
2: yeah, oh, look, I guess it, it's not a protest in the sense that um, that look what 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 essentially what we're asking for is acceptance. So we're asking for society to accept us. Now, if you, if, I mean. I guess most activists out there seem to think protesting is all about arguing. But to me, uh, if you're asking for acceptance, you don't start an argument. I mean, that doesn't just doesn't make sense. Hey, let's have an argument. Will you accept us now? No, oh, we'll argue some more. Will you accept us? Now? It just doesn't make sense. So um, I guess we're uh, having a peaceful protest. Everyone has peaceful protests. I mean, no one sets out to... Cause too much mayhem well hopefully um but the essence of it is that we're not we're trying to shut up and just smile at society and make friends we're not not actually wanting to argue with society it's not a matter of hey you're right and we're wrong hey we're you know we're right and you're wrong there's none of that i mean what difference does it make we're all here let's just be friends because in the end the thing that is prohibited is the,
1: well, I mean, basically any interaction with the cannabis plant. But there is this sort of assumption, as we were talking about before, this sort of you know it gets into metaphysics, it gets into all sorts of questions about what people are about and blah blah blah, Ooh. and like that. Those questions are different for everyone. They're not based on on a on a plant that people enjoy.
0: Ooh. There are
1: plenty of people that use cannabis who have very 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 different views to each other. The cannabis doesn't control their views.
2: Yeah. And, and, I mean, the whole thing is that, that the war on drugs is, is kind of misleading because it's not actually drugs that are being targeted; it's drug users. Um, and so, this you know notion of like the government battling a plant, the plant's still winning—it's you know, all very funny. But uh, the reality is, it's actually the government's actually battling its own people. Um, and you've been
1: you've been at this, and you've been battled against as well for. Yeah, going on ten years. Um, mm. we we we've spoken regularly over the entire time of the programme, but we haven't spoken in a little bit. What's what's been going on for you lately, Matt?
2: Oh. In <laughs> in this space and more broadly. Uh yeah, no, I've um I guess I've um been taking it easy for a couple of years. Uh, my house burnt down, which wasn't fun, so I've stepped back for a little while. It's not, um, it's not fun,
1: I'm sorry to hear that live on radio I i knew that already but it's not at all fun i think that's no. a really you know that's a big deal like that's your home
2: yeah it knocks you around that's for sure yeah yeah but uh oh well. yeah yeah It I was kind of nice last year i mean i really didn't do that much sure towards 420 and then to turn up last year and see the huge crowd there anyway it was kind of like okay cool you've created I've something i've got this up and running now yeah. even if i disappeared it would still keep going so yeah. Um, not not that I want to disappear but um no, it's but good yeah, to know that other, rolling, you yeah. other people can trust other people as well yep, yep. Yep. So yeah
1: yeah
3: yeah so something that shifted a couple of years back with the the cannabis picnics mm-hmm. was um i th- i believe it was after the herald sun or 3aw kind of started to get a bit uh bit antsy about the fact that there were these people in a park consuming cannabis openly and the police weren't, quote-unquote, enforcing the law.
2: Well, you know, there were Herald Sun readers who did get penalised for driving three kilometres over the speed limit that week. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, to have stoners ripping bongs in the park was just, you know, just not fair. That's a good, that's so a good what happened? What happened with the? So what happened with
3: the police from that? Like they did start arresting some people, but has the is the relationship still good with Victoria Police?
2: Uh, look, the relationship is really good with Pol- Victoria Police. Um, they, they've been fantastic. Uh, they did come under a lot of pressure to enforce the law, um, and they handed out a few cautions uh, on a few occasions. But uh, essentially, you know, provided. People aren't ripping bongs right in their face. They're they're uh, they're really good, and 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 that's fair enough. It's just a matter of respect, really. We we're asking to be treated with respect, so it's only fair that uh, we show a whole lot of respect back. Um, and you know, it's <laughs> obviously you can smell weed across the whole city on the day, so it's not like <laughs> it's not like anyone's pretending that we're not uh, consuming cannabis, but. Um, you know, if, if we uh, don't do that right in the police's faces, then, uh, you know, we're not inspiring them to act against us too much. Um, and and I really appreciate the, the way the police have handled it. They've been great. Yeah.
1: So it's... Um uh, from two p.m. till seven p.m. next Saturday, Easter Saturday, yep. uh, that the four twenty rally is happening at Flagstaff Gardens um, down beside Flagstaff uh, Train Station. I believe there's a bit of metro works going on there, but there's still plenty of parkland. Um, what's planned for for the day for the uh, for the picnic?
2: Uh, well, we got Good Friday, awesome Saturday, Easter Sunday. <laughs> um, There's a bunch of different uh, people performing, uh, doing various musical bits and pieces. I'm not fully on top of it. There's uh, uh, people behind the scenes organising it all. I think um, Rasta Unity are going to be playing. Uh, Henry Skills will be DJing. There'll be a few other rappers on the day, Um, possibly one or two other bands. I'm not really sure. Um, but I guess the, the important thing is everyone who's performing on the day is actually out of the 420 community. We don't have to uh, import our entertainment. We've we've got it that well and truly covered. Um, we're a creative bunch. Will there be um, any
1: any talks from? I mean, we have a, a different parliament now. A new parliament elected in November well, last year, and uh, I know that the issue is is on the radar again. It's been on the radar for the past ten years, I think. But it's it's growing. It's growing. It's growing as as plants take to do. You need to water them every now and then.
2: I guess that is the exciting thing this year. We're going to have uh, more sitting MPs on stage than we've ever had before. I think we've got uh, five confirmed so far, including Adam Bant, who will be uh, uh, getting a lot of interest, I guess, from the media, given that we're in the lead-up to a federal election. Very close, um, and we had Richard Di Natale last year, he couldn't make it this year, so it's great that Adam Bent's been able to step in and uh, represent the Greens, I suppose. And, uh, and it's nice to have a major um, political figure. I mean, it was fantastic having Fiona's support. And then when she got mm. elected, well, we've got an elected politician, but to, to, to uh, start getting some of the, the um, more prominent names, uh, stepping up and supporting as well is fantastic. Um, and I think uh, we've also got a couple of the Liberal Democrats. There's David Limbrick and Tim Quilty will be there. Yep, both both elected at the recent um, state election, both yes. in the upper
1: house um, LDP members. Yep, uh, and then also uh, Tim Reid from the Greens. Uh, state in the, in the lower house for the seat of Brunswick. Tim, yep. yeah, uh, well done on that win again, Tim. But um, yeah, it would be fantastic to have Tim along.
2: Yeah. Um, and I think there's one or two others who uh, may be there. Fiona Patton oh, will be back, Fiona of be Fiona there, back yeah. again, yes. I can't forget Fiona Patton.
1: Um, it's it's almost like she, uh, she because she's always there. It's easy to not not forget, but you just assume that everybody knows. Well, she's well, part of, of isn't Fiona, isn't <laughs> Of course, Fiona Patton is there. Um, yeah, exactly. She is. Yeah. She's been a strong part of that community for a long time. Certainly
2: championed the cause in Victoria, and it's now great to see all these uh, support coming from across the, the whole spectrum. Mm. Um, so with a bit of luck, twenty twenty, we'll get Bernie Finn along. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, look forward to it.
1: You actually, you and Bernie had a bit of a. Uh, uh, I don't know. Have you, have you been uh, in, in contact Bernie. with Bernie lately uh, via Facebook? Uh, no. Any other means? No.
2: We'll have to go out for coffee or something sometime <laughs> soon. I miss him.
1: Yeah, he's he's good quality that uh he that is. Bernie. So that's uh, next Saturday, two till seven pm uh, at Flagstaff Gardens, just across from the Flagstaffs train uh, train station. Um, of course, for for. 20 p.m. is the time that if you really like you can't quite make it by 3:15, then you know make it by 4:20 um because that's the time that you want to be there um and ho- i mean this week's all going to be great for weather so hopefully you get some pretty nice autumn weather for it it, it looks like it's going to be so um also uh coming up in terms of um cannabis events um is uh, Nimbin's Mardi Gras, which happens at yes. the start of May. Um, I, I don't know how much you know about what happens up there, um, but there there are a lot of interesting discussions going on. I'll be yep. heading up there and doing the show from there. Hopefully, we're still finalizing some technical uh, technical things. So, it is in Nimbin in New South Wales, so it's it's difficult to get it back down to uh, to, to Fitzroy in in, in Melbourne, but um, I think we'll be able to work it out. But. Uh, Yeah, what I mean, are there any other particular issues? Like, what's your take on things? Like, we're going to be talking about roadside drug testing and about the fact that it doesn't care whether or not people are impaired. It just charges people. And that's particularly affected the cannabis community because of the way that cannabis is detected.
2: Yeah, I think that's... uh, I mean, because cannabis hangs around in your blood system for so long. um, So it's not so much about impairment. It's just about presence in your system, which is you know, where's the road safety issue there? Yes, It's a... Yeah. Uh, Looks like a witch hunt. Yeah, basically. Cannabis witch hunt, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess I can understand the panic from society, you know. If something impairs you, then you shouldn't be driving when you're impaired.
1: Almost everybody has uh, a story of a friend, family member or, or some acquaintance who yeah. uh, has been affected by... Um, by by a road accident whether it was because of an impaired driver or not for sure of course we all want impaired drivers off the road but but yeah the reality
2: is the most of the people who have cannabis in their system aren't actually impaired all the time Hmm. um so i guess that's where the uh where where it becomes unfair people are getting punished for nothing
1: Hmm. and um in terms of Free cannabis community as well. We know, you know, there's, there's been a lot. I mean, a big thing that happened that certainly um, affects the way that everything moves forward um, for you. But how has the free cannabis community uh, fared uh, in that time, and and what are uh, its, what, where is it going after after? Well, to be honest, nothing's
2: really happened apart from the uh, the, the gatherings. Um, I've I've just uh, not really been doing much. I've t- sort of taken it easy for for the last couple of years. Mm. Um, but we'll keep the we'll keep the events happening, and uh, I guess there's lots of other things developing in the community. Lots of other people have got different um, ideas and uh, projects up and running. So um, I guess we'll see where it goes.
1: Yeah, it's certainly not going away. Cannabis no, is an issue, and no, I think one right. of the one of the things, and, and, and one thing that I admire about what you've been doing, Matt, is um, that the I mean, it's something that I admire about all the people that come through these doors at 3CR is the um the the community connection um because i think it's more important than um what we often see take over which is a sort of you know people start donning their suits and uh yep. a- and making uh philanthropic corporate connections and yep. it all sort of turns to like like i don't know It it's just a bit. It's just a bit like where's the where's the community where's the spirit in this? It feels like it's being hollowed out, and I think yeah. it's really important that there are people out there um, that are still connecting. Just community, just for the sake of community. Actually, that's a well, pretty good thing to do things for the sake of. Why? Without
2: without the community side of it, the, the only motivating factor is profit. So you know, if we want to create something that uh, that actually benefits the community, then the community needs to get involved. Um, otherwise, we're just going to sit back and, uh, you know, the, the most efficient uh, salespeople or the most efficient business people are going to be the ones who are calling the shots.
1: Yeah, and they're um, usually the ones that are just super good at lying. Absolutely. Uh, sorry, salespeople. <laughs> <laughs> so, no,
2: it's presenting things in the appropriate perspective exactly. to encourage lots of spending.
1: Which um, often means that you don't quite get the whole picture, and it, that on. you don't get to think about it. They've figured out how you think about it, and they're going to make you think about it That's the way it. they want you to
5: think about it. Well, if it's you, very if manipulative.
2: You, if you want to say how it's going to, you know how things are going to develop, then you've just got to get involved. There's no no two ways about it. Next weekend, two o'clock
1: yep. at Flagstaff Guns. Uh, Easter Saturday, bring along some chocolates. Do a chocolate hunt as well. You'll probably need it by the end of the uh, afternoon. Little little chocolate goes a long way. It makes.
2: Uh... I did hear a rumor the Easter <laughs> bunny may be appearing.
5: <laughs> <laughs> we
1: look forward to it, and and a number of MPs as well. It is going to be a yeah. huge event. Where it lead up to the federal election, uh, even though drug issues are a state issue, not a federal issue, the federal government definitely has a role to play in this, and the national conversation has a role to play. So please, uh, if you can make it, even if you're not interested in cannabis uh, yourself, but you want to support your friends and family members that might be interested, go along. Um, I, I promise the, uh, the the air won't be too. Look, uh, it's it's pretty nice. It's, just, it's <laughs> like a, it's like you walk into a gift shop. It's got some strong incense in there. You you deal with it. It's not it's not so bad. Uh, two o'clock, Flagstaff Gardens, and now one of the um one of the artists that will be playing there, which is uh, Rasta Unity, um, this is a song uh, uh, you requested, Matt. It's um. uh, Youth Rise Up uh, featuring Lighter Fire on 3CR. This is in Psychedelia. This is in Psychedelia on 3CR. 8.55am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au. Nick, Ash and uh, Matt still sitting with you in the studio right now.
3: And just quickly, some of those events that are coming up, in case we run out of time at the end of the show, there is the Drug Policy Activism Workshop being put on by Students for Sensible Drug Policy and the Be Heard Not Harmed campaign. That's happening Wednesday, the 17th of April, 5 until 8pm at Union House down at Melbourne Uni.
1: Uh, This is for uh, anybody that might be listening from uh, over the web stream at 3cr.org.au or who has a friend in Sydney. Uh, The Australian Psychedelic Society has an event for Bicycle Day, the day after Bicycle Day, actually, on on the Saturday from 12 till 5pm at 107 Redfern Street in Sydney. It's $20 uh, and you can find tickets at Eventbrite or follow the Australian Psychedelic Society on Facebook. And they're going to have Tom Roberts, who was... um, Actually, one of the founding members of the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies, or MAPS, uh, also uh, co-founder of the Council on Spiritual Practices and the International Transpersonal Association um and and he was also the one that came up with the term bicycle day he was the one that decided to start celebrating bicycle day as a sort of anniversary of the first intentional trip uh tom roberts was in australia a couple of years ago for the ega uh event uh and will be a fantastic speaker also uh dr vince Polito, uh who recently conducted some uh research into microdicing with uh, lsd and other psychedelics um so he'll be there talking about it and also dr dean wright who uh, is one of the co-founders of the psychedelic society uh background in uh, neuroscience and psychology he'll be talking about some of the uh, neuroscience, some of the, the the scientific stuff that's been going on around psychedelics. Uh, and they'll also be screening The Sunshine Makers, which um, was cool. screened in Melbourne a couple of years ago, um, which is a documentary following underground chemists Nick Sands and Tim Scully, uh, who were making a lot of the LSD that was going around in the US in the 1960s. So again, that's um, in Sydney. That's in Redfern at 107 uh, Pro- Projects... Uh, Sorry, 107 Redfern Street, I think the venue is called 107 Projects, and that's from 12 till 5 on the Saturday.
3: And down here in Melbourne next Thursday, I will be emceeing the Australian Psychedelic Society event for Bicycle Day. That will be happening from 6 until 9pm at uh, Hope Street, 11A Hope Street down in Brunswick. And that will be featuring uh, Dr Prash, a psychiatrist and Bitcoin entrepreneur. Uh, Jenny Valentish, a journalist uh, who's done a lot of writing about um, psychedelics and other drug issues. Cam Duffy, who has actually taken over from Dr. Dean Wright to uh, help run the psychedelic integration circles for the Psychedelic Society. And Greg Kosarek, um who is a psychedelic activist who um, uh, several years back tried to get arrested for consuming LSD, he, didn't try. Oh, he did eventually he get arrested. Successful. Yeah, well, he tried several times and then eventually got arrested for <laughs> yeah. consuming psychedelics in and attempt out of to, um, to try and um, big, to try and to try and put the case that it violated uh, Australia uh, Victoria's Human Rights Charter. And he'll be talking about psychedelic activism. And that is once again at Hope Street in Brunswick next Thursday from 6 until 9.
1: And we're just going to hear a small snippet now from the Entheogenesis Australis YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Entheo TV, uh, with Dr Prash, who was speaking at the 2017 conference um, about uh, about the difficulties in, in d- discussing psychedelics in the sort of mainstream scientific uh, fields. This is Dr, <clears throat> Dr. Prash on in psychedelia.
5: Scientific curiosity is crucial um, to the betterment of the profession and I tend to feel that the phrase that is most detrimental to human progress is because that's the way we've always done it and yet that's kind of where we are now because well that's the way we've always done it. Um, as such it's almost a responsibility of the scientific community to ensure that that constant striving for questioning of the status quo is maintained. Most importantly though, and I come from the point of view of working in the psychiatric profession, psychiatry is rife with conditions that are termed treatment-resistant. Treatment-resistant depression, treatment-resistant personality disorders, or at the very least, treatment-resistive conditions that are really hard to treat, whether that's post-traumatic stress disorder, addiction disorders. How can we truly call something treatment-resistant if we know that there are treatments out there but we aren't using it. Even from a point of linguistics, it doesn't make sense. And surely we owe our patients, I say we, in terms of the medical community, we owe our patients that moral responsibility to have tried every possible treatment out there before we start to tar them with this brush of treatment resistance, particularly when we know the evidence is out there. Our patients expected us of us to have tried everything. There is a knowledge gap between the medical community and the patients. That's narrowing greatly because of the internet, naturally. But still, um, our role as the medical community is very much to, to bridge that gap. And if we are not doing our best to do so, then I think ethically we have failed in our code. Yes, criticism will be leveled at the research that is out there because sample sizes are small, studies may not have had, at least historically, the same amount of scientific rigour. Um, early research was of, was of poor quality. And yes, we must own that as a scientific and medical community, we must own that. But surely then the answer is not to ignore it further, but to research it further. You know, hasn't that always been the answer? The scientific method is to research it more, and yet there seems to be this circular argument of like, oh, well, we don't know enough. We can't, we can't do that, we don't know enough. Well, yes, we, we don't know enough. So ask the question. So how can we get past these hurdles? I don't think it's my place necessarily to explore that in its entirety. I'm certainly not an authority on the subject, but something I did want to touch on, and I start this with trepidation because I realized that it probably is a contentious point. Um, it's something that's been raised a few times at EGA this year already. Ben Sessa on Monday. Ben t- touched on this on Monday when he said, yes, you should be able to, you be able to go into work in your tie-dye t-shirt and a joint behind your ear. You, you should, but, but we don't or we can't uh, because of the validity that that removes from us. And just bemoaning the unfairness, unfairness of a system that doesn't allow you your civil or cognitive liberties isn't going to affect change. I'm of the belief that if we're going to affect change, that change, at least ideological change and political change, needs to be affected from within the inside, um, within inside the system. If we need to speak to the mainstream, we need to appeal to the people in power, to the people with influence, we need to speak to them in their language, not necessarily ours. Because first and foremost, we need to establish their trust. Uh, We need to break down these artificial barriers that already exist which make them see us as us against them as opposed to one of their own. The moment we start being seen as this marauding force, um, then automatically we are less likely to be able to appeal to their minds, and then we've lost the argument. Even before we've started.
1: And that is Dr. Prash. If you want if to find the whole uh, video of his uh, talk, youtube.com forward slash entheo TV is the place to go. Uh, and there you can find uh, lots of different talks from Entheogenesis Australis, EGA, uh, who have been running uh, conferences on ethnobotany, uh, psychedelics, and other drug policy issues for um, pretty much 20 years now. And they have an event coming up on um, May the 12th, on uh, Mother's Day, it is, on the Sunday. Um, which we will, uh, we will be uh, broadcasting live from. We'll be broadcasting the panel, The Thin Green Line, uh, and uh, that panel um, will be about how plants and prohibition intersect. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, anything finally you want to say before we uh, head off, Ash?
3: Uh, well, there's plenty of news out there. Um, <laughs> check out our Facebook page to to see some of it we, we didn't get really time and the to meme collection. You, you, oh, yeah I did update the <laughs> meme collection I do believe we have the best meme stash on the internet now for drug related memes uh, yep. 103 different memes uh, up there now
1: so, so find so that we, on our social media yeah. um, find us and on just, Facebook Twitter you know,
3: and just be aware that that one is really for shits and giggles it doesn't have the nuance of the discussions that we, we have on the show so don't expect it to be all I guess PC for the meme collection thank so.
1: you thank you very much to uh, Nick Kent from Students for Sensible Drug Policy See uh, Matt Riley from Free Cannabis uh, Community, and uh, also from uh, uh, also to technical producer uh, Gabby, who um, also produces a and presents a show on Monday nights at 11 p.m. Gabby, uh, wait
0: midnight, on- midnight, midnight to a.m.
1: Mid- on Mondays, Not- yeah, in- midnight, yeah basically. midnight on Mondays. We'll just say midnight that Mondays, you yeah. tune in midnight Mondays, and it's called Midnight Mad- midnight mass uh so please tune in uh, gabby is going to be helping us out with some technical production on the show so thank you very much for your assistance today um, and uh, thank you to you for listening as well um, we do also have a podcast if you've missed something in the show or you want to catch up on anything uh, you can find our podcast either at the 3CR website or at our own website npsychedelia.org where you can find more information about everything that you've heard on the show um, please enjoy your Sunday autumn afternoon it's just lovely outside go have a nice walk with your dog or your cat or your dolphin or whatever you walk I don't know um, it's in Psychedelia uh, Queering near is up next see you later
0: This is In psychedelia. Comments, complaints or contributions are welcome. Jump on the 3CR website. 3cr.org.au and head to the Enpsychedelia program page. Get in contact with us on Facebook or Twitter or send us an email. Enpsychedelia does not condone or condemn people who use drugs for their choices. Our aim is to present the diverse intersections of psychoactive drugs and society. This has been a 3CR podcast. You can hear in Psychedelia live every Sunday from 2pm. Head to 3cr.org.au for more.